Rock on, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. It is time for the Entrepreneurial Web. <laughs> Today, very special guest. Before we get started, a brief history. I uh, have mentioned before, some of you know, but for those of you who don't, I have a master's degree in music performance and percussion from the University of Buffalo, which I received in 2004. So I spent about three, three and a half years of my life up there uh, learning the craft in music, but also performing and teaching. And I had a large number of students throughout my, my period there. And uh, my guest today is a former student. He was a teenager at the time. He'll correct me if I'm wrong when he comes on, but I believe he was about 13 or 14. And we're talking, that was like 15, 16 years ago. So he's a grown ass man now and uh, very active with his own music business, um, but also uh, really, really hot on social media. Uh, and just always, we, we reconnected somewhere along the line and he really captured my attention with particularly his positivity and just his solid, relentless, good messages. So today I'm going to quote him. He just popped this up on Facebook the other day. And I just could not agree more. One thousand percent motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. And like we've all developed some habits <laughs> lately, some good, some bad, especially since March. So we'll dissect that a little bit today, talk about this amazingly talented young man and what he's got going on with that. I would like to welcome to the show, Michael Corey. Michael, how in the hell are you? It has been a long time. Jeremiah, so nice to see you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're grown. <laughs> Where's the little long-haired teenager? You know, I had the big poofy hair and you did. You playing did. the drum set. And I, I, I owe you so much, you know, for those early years for what you taught me sitting behind uh, the set. Uh, not just you know, theory, but you just taught me like a you know a great mentality to have fun playing music, and I always still reflect back to those lessons here in East Aurora, sitting behind that you know double back-to-back -back kit with you. So thank you for having me yeah. on. Oh, such a pleasure. The pleasure, the pleasure is all mine. And I was going to ask, like, I wanted to take credit for all your positivity. And then I was looking back, I was like, nah, it would be, <laughs> we weren't talking about that back then. We were just having fun. So Michael is an amazing, what do you, is it doing back? Was that what you used to bring in all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Darbuka. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He's got her. I knew you were going to rip it out today. He would come <laughs> in with this drum and he's like just a little bit bigger than the damn thing at the time and just like tear it up. And I'm like, kid's got some beat not for nothing it's in his blood his dad is a very very successful musician as well i mean sultan and uh has played all over the world right and you've got to you were you get to see that as a kid and you've got to participate as a grown as a grown man too um so what we t i think we spoke on the phone once like it was probably close to like 10 years ago or something like that and otherwise we haven't seen each other and so this is the first time we've actually spoken and i love doing this with the show especially you know you asked and i was like hey will you come on you're like Dude, i gotta come to new york <laughs> and like that used to be the thing i've been doing this show for about a year now and we always uh the studio is right over by madison square garden so we would you know we would always have our guests in in studio and that was like the requirement because people would reach out and say hey can i be on your show and i'm like yeah if you come to new york and like, eh, not happening um but it, the amazing thing happened when we when we had to go remote and it really got me out of my own limitations where I was like, no, no, I really want like the intimacy. I love that. You know, that's my thing. Like now I own a restaurant and I, I do a lot. I've run several businesses that are all based on intimacy and human connection. So I was, I was like, no, that's how I operate. But this has been really great in helping me connect with people. First of all, that I never would have had the opportunity to otherwise and it's been fantastic but then to do stuff like this and like we didn't even talk we just like sent a couple messages and i like i just love the just the, the gray area and it's it's like how we used to play right we would just sit down and be like what are we gonna do today and i was like all right you start no you start and then just like play a beat and we had that kind of communication so it's gonna be fun to see how this plays out today absolutely and that's what i love too about the lessons was i didn't feel that i was so regimented and it took the fun out of it i would sit yeah. with you and we would just create and I would play something and you'd be like, okay, add this, add this. And then it just made me grow into really loving, you know, being a drummer was because, yeah. of, you know, being with you. So I look forward to the interview today. Thank you yeah, again. Yeah. It's awesome. So let's, let's give everybody a little background of you. You, 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 you grew up just outside of Buffalo in East Aurora, just South of uh, the city. Um, 
again, your father, very, very uh, successful musician, and you and your brother as well, like, started very early. So when you came to me, you had that, you had the nasty beat, all right. Dude had swing. He was like, nang, 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 nang. <laughs> it, was, it was no problem. You're just like, you were transferring it to, like, four limbs and putting it on the drum set. Um, you pick it up from there. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just consider it all a blessing. Thank God. Grew up in the small town of East Aurora. Uh, you know, had you as a big inspiration, of course, had my father, uh, you know, I'm here in his music room where it all started. Yeah. I got my first role, uh, Yamaha electronic kit and oh, yeah. me and Alex would jam in here. He'd be playing on the guitar ACDC on his Gibson SG and, um, you know, we'd just be jamming and of course to be practicing with dad and here he'd be playing the keyboard and singing still does. Yeah. Um, I've seen, so I've seen. It, so this room is really just kind of where everything started. So I wanted to take the interview back into here and it's been the source of all my learning my, most of my life. But yeah, just grew up, you know, with dad by the time I was maybe a little bit older than doing lessons with you, maybe a year or so, about 14, started doing, uh, you know, traveling with him around <laughs> the country, you know, playing darbuka and playing uh, any percussion I could get my hands on and then moving to bringing the, dr the drum set into the Arabic world and doing world percussions and regular, you know, American set into that and integrating it. Um, it was a lot of fun, did it too throughout college and still to this day. Um, and then just transitioned into moving into other different types of percussive instruments and then keyboard, which was huge for me, just helping me to, to be able to do melodies mm -hmm. uh, and enjoy a melody was a, you know, a big step. And then from there transitioned into DJing. So it's been quite a wild ride. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you, so you, but you were also involved, like the first social media stuff I saw from you is going back years. It was definitely like more business oriented. Did you, did you study business in college? Is that what, is that was yeah. the direction you were taking at the time? Yeah, at University of Buffalo, I studied international trade. So nice. I took Arabic, learned how to read and write and uh, love that business aspect of it and then wanted to just blend it with the music because I'd mm -hmm. see so many, you know, aside from my family, just so many successful people who were able to do what they love and cash in on their passion while providing value to others and making others happy. So I got to ask just because I've heard so many of these messages coming through and, and it's also been a big influence on me. You have to be down with Gary V. Love him. Okay. Really <laughs> and I'm just like, man, this guy, he had to watch some like Gary Vee videos. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny for me. Cause I got into him and like, like, a, you know, I was still doing a lot of music when I first moved to the city, but it's just like, it's really, it, you know, you can make a decent living up in Buffalo doing it here. It's a little bit different. You know, you don't, you don't make a lot of money in the city. So if you're not traveling or there's a number of other things you can do, um, I, I just, you know, we started to have kids and stuff as soon as we moved here. So uh, the food industry just kind of took over, which I did up there. I don't know if you remember that, but I definitely yes. spent a lot of time in that. And uh, I started selling wine pretty early on. And my buddy was like, yo, you you like, you know, talking about wine in these strange ways. You should check this guy out. This was like 2007. So I, I checked out Wine Library TV and I was like, oh, amazing. And I watched it for like six months. And then we got really busy and just like I got into the world and was like opening mad businesses and all kinds of crazy stuff. And for like 10 years, like just didn't even use YouTube. I was like, people would be like, go to YouTube. And I'm like, I don't know how. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but a friend like 10 years later sends me this clip uh, and, and, and he was in it. And I was like, I remember that guy. And I was like, he's, he's not talking about wine anymore. What, what happened? <laughs> and like, oh, he was like this mega, mega personality. And I was like, oh, wow. But the message was the same thing that kind of I always felt. And it was really awesome seeing you uh, kind of exuding that same thing. And I was like, mm, I'm watching this kid now. It's like, uh, you're back on my radar. And, and here we are. You also, I used your quote a couple weeks ago because I, uh, I interviewed, um, do, you, do you know a drummer named Ted Poor? He was from up there, actually. No, I don't. But uh, he, I'll definitely look him up. Yeah, you should. He's amazing. He's he's from just outside of Rochester, and he went to Eastman when my wife was going to the University of Rochester. So I became familiar with him back then. But now he's like he's on Impulse Records. He's played with everybody under the sun, and he did a duo album at the beginning of the year with one of my neighbors, who's all, like the neighborhood we live in in Brooklyn. It's just like the most ridiculous, amazing musicians. Like all these guys that are like international, you know, internationally renowned artists. This is just where they live, and like our kids went to school together and stuff like that. It's really funny if they did like a 
an all-star band in my neighborhood who would just like eat your face off. Like Yanni would be like, damn, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're just, they're that good. So one of my neighbors did a duo album with him and, you know, I, you know, just was a really big fan and we were even going to do a little release show at one of my places and it all fell through because of, because of COVID. Um, so I brought them on the show a couple of weeks ago and right before I did, you posted something, you posted that Aldous Huxley quote, quote and I used it. So I've already quoted you on the show once. So you're, yeah, you're, you're seeping in, you're seeping in. It's funny. Cause I'm like, I, I was a big Aldous Huxley fan. And even as a teen, I started reading him. And when you dropped that, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so throughout the course of the show, it'd be great. We don't have to do it all at once. Um, you know, talk about those factors, especially in terms of business. Cause I've found a bunch of different ways to do it where, you know, we got into music because we love the way it made us feel right. And that expression, and you spoke already about, you know, being able to, to share your passion and, and for guys like you and I, a lot of that has to do with like just sharing this thing we have inside of us. And when we met, it, we didn't even talk about it. It was just like, I remember that first lesson. You just came in and started playing. Your, I was like, oh, you got a little toy. And you're like, huh? And I was like, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was right there. It was just yeah, right from the beginning. Exactly. And it's great to see that you've you've really taken it throughout your life as well. Like, I, I don't know about you. My journey was quite a meandering one, but you know, based off your social media posts, it seems like you, you, you had a little bit more of a straight line. We, I could be mistaken. And we have the whole show to, to kind of hash that out. But um, what, what did you do first in terms of business? You know, you got this international trade degree from UB. What was like the first move I know you always had music around and doing it, but what was kind of the first move uh, in terms of the business aspect of your your career? Yeah, the first move really was right out of college, went into like a, a medical sales job, realized that mm-hmm. that kind of wasn't for me, stifling yeah. my creativity, kind of like put me in, in a little bit of a box. And so from there, you know, I it ended up just not working out at all. Mm-hmm. So those were still, that was when I was about 22 or so. And I just tried different things. I went and worked in, in family businesses doing sales. I always knew sales was something I loved because that's the lifeblood of, of any business. What really, I, f- I feel what really changed my direction in life was when I got into, and to this day, it's not something that I was at all successful in, but it gave me the mindset was network marketing. Mm-hmm. I got into it because of the books and the personal development that I would start reading, the people I was around that just constantly focused on good input, equaling good output. So whatever you read, what you listen to every day ends up coming out. So what I did was I got into some of those business in the businesses in the legal and insurances industry. And again, it wasn't something that I took off or did super well in, in network marketing, but I took that and I applied it into music, into, you know, being a percussionist, into DJing, into just the whole aspect of being a holistic uh, consultant for music. And that's where I just felt like it just started to take off because all I would be doing is providing value to people going above and beyond. And it it just started those little seeds I, I planted started growing. So till this day, you know, I just still enjoy reading positive, uh, you know, books, positive quotes, listening to, you know, positive messages and then applying that into business. Of course, mixing that with practicality to seeing what other successful people have done and then modeling that um, yeah. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, no, it's perfect. It's beautiful. Awesome. And sharing them too, because you've yes. been dropping them on, dropping little bits on Instagram and Facebook. And really that's, that's what captured my attention. So cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. And I want to pick up with like the transition away from those industries and really plugging it into music and being successful that way. So hang tight, everybody. We'll be back in just a few. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
you listeners looking to boost your business why not advertise on talk radio nyc with very reasonable rates interested simply send us a message on our website talkradio.nyc I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back, folks. If you're just tuning in, you were listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. My guest today is actually a former music student of mine many, many moons ago when I was a, a drum instructor, a music instructor in Buffalo, New York. We have since reconnected. It's been about 15 years. This is our first time, second time actually catching up in that period, but it's been quite a long time since we've talked. So welcoming back to the show, Michael Corey. He, uh, you know, did a did a business degree at University of Buffalo. Always had music in his uh, in his life. His father's a professional musician. His brother as well. Uh, big musical family, and um, he has taken his approach and his lessons from business, like big business, industry business, and plugged it into the music industry. So I'd love to hear now transitioning from your stint in, I think you said insurance, and there was something else. Uh, what you discovered from there and how that helped you build uh, the business that you have now, which seems to be doing well, even in a pandemic time. Thank God. So, you know, just as time went on, I I got out of college, tried a bunch of different things, network marketing being something that uh, just marketing. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. It just helped me to kind of get the mindset of, you know, reading and digesting good material and applying it uh, realistically, you know, into a, mm-hmm. what I love to do. So basically from there, I had the blessing of, of course, still touring with dad after college, you know, working a full time, anybody I would read, you know, the business grades would talk about, keep your full time job, you know, as long mm-hmm. as you can while building your passion on the side, you know, Gary Vee talks about it. Absolutely. Uh, the great Jim Rohn and uh, mm-hmm. many others. So that's just basically what I started doing. I didn't want to jump in two feet first and then be desperate for every single opportunity. I figured I would just still use my degree, you know, what I'd studied, build on that. And then also on the side, just continue to cultivate and grow with music. So continued working, you know, with my dad, you know, of course, still to this day, you know, touring and doing, you know, Lebanese and Arabic, you know, shows all over. But, uh, then also, too, I started getting into learning about DJing, and that really was what kind of helped things, you know, to explode. Mm-hmm. So basically, while touring with Dad, I would start, you know, DJing, doing announcements, all that stuff in between instead of just focusing on, you know, rocking out behind the kit. And then afterwards, <laughs> I don't want to think about anything. I figured, OK, I'm going to take more responsibility here. I'm going to, you know, kind of be the, you know, the MC for the event, the person who handles everything. Let the band worry about the music. I'll handle kind of officiating everything from there. So that just started to pay off. I was blessed enough to hook up with a couple of multi-ops, DJ companies in Buffalo too, then started doing gigs on my own. So between, you know, music, between, um, you know, playing live music, between, you know, the companies and then between what I'm bringing in just on my own, it just started to snowball. So my goal is, of course, in the near future, you know, just slowly it's building into something that's going to be full-time where I can, you know, let go of the full-time job eventually. But I'm my thought is I want to let go of that full-time career with benefits and everything when it becomes absolutely ridiculous and makes no sense for me to be working there anymore. 
because um, you know I just want to do things smart and the right way. But I'm just going as hard as I can on every opportunity I can musically. Yeah, no, that part is obvious. That part is really obvious. Yeah. And then, so right now you're still currently working. Like you saw, like, no, that's absolutely the smartest thing to do. I mean, you know, I've opened, I don't know, I've opened like five or six businesses, you know, since, since moving to New York City. Some of them I don't have anymore. <laughs> Some of them I still do, you know. Um, but the whole, what's that? Mostly in the restaurant area. Mostly, right? Yeah, it's, it, there's been some, some retail uh shops as well um you know where there's no service we're just we're just selling product uh but yeah most of it's been in in the food and beverage industry and um and the same thing like i've had a a steady job with one company throughout and and gotten to the point where i can i can you know create my own schedule there as you know i I handle my my certain responsibilities and like general manager for the company but it allows me these offshoots and i think that's a fascinating way to do it you know because you always have to have something to fall back on one of my early mentors said he's been on the show recently too he said it's better to own 20 percent of five things than 100 percent of one and this guy gave me so much great advice over the years i worked for him like you know, I was like the age you were when you and I, you know, got together. I I, yes. I worked for him as a as a teen, and and then like my twenty, like I might have been twenty or twenty one, uh, when I when I moved to Buffalo, and uh, and and stopped working for him. And uh, you know, he said so many great things to me, and that's the only thing that stuck. <laughs> you know, but I didn't forget that one, and that really became the foundation of everything I did. And you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk's always talking about, like your 80 might become your 20 and flip. So you always have to like, what the whack-a-mole, I always think of that, you know, that, that old arcade game where the thing's popping up and you just sit, you're like, oh, now I'm, now I'm hammering this one. You know, yeah. don't worry about those. Like, oh, that now it's this one. And, and that's, a, that's a great way to approach. And I like your, your emphasis on the realistic application of all this because you see a lot of people that are like, they get that information and they think it's going to be just like overnight, I'm going to be like sitting on the beach you know, in the Bahamas and running my business, like it's not really available, but you're also somebody who just like seems to want to work and like go after it. And, you know, it's amazing to me that you're doing all this with music while still, you know, involved in another industry, but the two could merge. It could really like, it could really turn into something, uh, you know, rather, rather fascinating. Um, are you familiar? I had another uh, friend of mine who's also a DJ here in New York come on uh, the show less than a year ago. He's hooked up with, I think it was called The Knot. Yes. And and they, they have like a sister company now. They kind of merged. It was like two things. And he said his once he got on there, his business just blew up. Obviously, same thing. He just his whole thing was about providing value. He just really wanted to uh, to, to do his best. In, and he's done a great job with that. His reviews are stellar. But I was just curious when you were saying that you were talking about hooking up with like certain certain groups in Buffalo. You, you utilize that. Is that giving you some success? I'm actually studying exactly what I want to put on there. And gotcha just to be totally candid, I'm modeling other successful people that I know mm-hmm. around the country, you know, to build my, you know, wedding wire and the knot their way, my website their way too. So I'm still in the very early stages, but I'm more or less deciding exactly what I want. I'm getting the vision for how I want to present that digitally to the customer. Aside yeah. from just posting videos, having fun and photo shoots, I want it to be, you know, just a, a very thorough and yeah. a good snapshot of what I can provide. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. The the fascinating part to me, too, uh, now that, you know, so I still have a music studio here as well. I've continued to kick stuff out. I went like eventually went more the self-production route, like the theme song is mine. I started to just write and do my own, mainly instrumental music. A lot of work as a as just a drummer for like um, just indie singer songwriters. There's just like tons of that. But, they'll you know, they have a little funding. They're kind of doing it themselves. Um, been on a couple labeled releases, but most of us just been like indie stuff. Um, so still always kept that in, you know, and continue to do that and still practice all the time. Um, but getting involved into the show, especially, and the whole multimedia thing, then, then I really, I was like, oh, this is what I wanted all along. I, you know, I was just playing music, but like what I really wanted, like once I got, I started getting into video work and that I was just like, this is amazing. Cause I can still fold the music in. Like we write all the music for this stuff, but like video is so amazing to me. It just opened up this Pandora's box and then you get to really be the curator of like what you were talking about. Like 
what you want your digital stamp to be uh, and and the the reach is just like exponential. It's like it's never been before. And that has got me so excited. It sounds like the same for you. Is that true? Do you feel that way? Like incorporating the visuals, the audio, the networking, like I, same. I love the network. It's amazing. You know, I just love to talk. That's why I'm on the show. You know? You're amazing at it. First and foremost, with that intro, when I heard that beat, I said, that's gotta be right then and there. That's jazzy, like funky swing. Yeah. Yeah. It's- your signature on it, but a hundred percent. And I'm, I'm learning that too, even though it seems like total common sense, but right. it's, but it's when you have that video and that multimedia, everything today is digital. So it's, you're able to control exactly what you want everybody to see and paint yourself mm-hmm. uh, and bring other people on, provide value to them, share and open up any opportunity you, you want in a multimedia world like that. So I'm so proud to see you, you know, doing this and oh, thank having you. your own show and studio. It's, it's amazing. And the best part is you're the director of the train, you know, you yeah, just yeah. wants to go. Well, it's like, I feel like you got that too. Like your dad just putting on these mega shows and stuff like that. And you, you were part of that as well. And it seems like you've done the same thing where like when you, when you are the uh, you are the MC, you're you're running the whole you know kind of the whole back end thing for this person's wedding for their super special day, you know that's you were like the you become like the head producer and I I didn't realize at the time especially like when I was in school but that's I really love that that's why I mean that's why you open a business you know like just to be I don't know I get a lot of satisfaction out of that and and that's it, that's like the direction it seems like you're taking now too. For sure. It's almost, and I say this to myself, in this arena, in the music industry, in live events, it's like, I want the ball when the game is on the line because yeah, I like to solve problems. I like to figure it out and uh, I like to deliver for the people, you know, just like you. So you, you've said a couple of things, you've alluded to it and your dad and I have discussed briefly, but he's, he's been doing jujitsu for the last few years, at least, yes. correct? Have, yes. you taken, have you taken the dive yet? Have you gone in? I started when I was maybe 14 or 15. I did it a little bit. Oh, really? Back then? Okay. Back then. But I didn't stick with it. I just wanted to stay with music. Like, mm-hmm. And of course, he was able to do both. But uh, you know, I was in school and I was just like, no, I, me and Alex, I just want to play music with my brother and you know, tour with dad and try and do as best as I can in school like during the week. But he stuck with it and he's... On his third black belt now, he has a whole wall here of really swords and belts, and he teaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, amazing. It's all about dynamic problem solving, and that's like I got hooked in. We're gonna have to take another break. We can pick it up when we get back. I started five years ago, and I just I, he said something. I put a post up or something, and he chimed in, and it was about jujitsu, and this whole like conversation ensued. And it's like it literally like you're you gotta you gotta do it. As soon as as soon as schools open back up, you gotta you gotta get in there. I want to hear about your journey with the martial arts too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll pick up with that when we come back. Everybody, hang tight. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness i'm sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant and on my show the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we will touch upon all these topics and more listen live at our new time on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time that's the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity thursdays 12 noon on talkradio.nyc curious person always asking questions do you desire to be in the know then join me antonia host of so now you know thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc listen in as i attempt to satisfy that curiosity 
I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday again. You're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Today, we have Zoomed to Buffalo, New York, where I used to live. I went to grad school there, studied music, and taught music. And today, it is an absolute pleasure to have one of my former students, Michael Corey, on the show, who is now a professional musician himself. Like, just great to see that connection. We were talking about Michael's history, studying business, growing up in a musical family, professional music father, and trying to fuse all those things together. But one thing I, I, he's mentioned a few times in the show and that his father and I have spoken about briefly is the dynamic problem solving. You get to practice on a regular basis in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which his father has done for a while. And I've been at for five years and Michael's homework assignment after the show, <laughs> this is your practice assignment. I need 17 paradiddles and 17 arm bars. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. So I, as school opened up a few doors down from my restaurant, right. when we opened it five years ago, they opened like literally the same time. The local family lives in a neighborhood where we live. Everybody, you know, it's Brooklyn, it's a big city, but we're in like this tiny little village, you know, it's like East Aurora. It's got a main street. All the businesses are right there, completely residential, um, all surrounding it, but the train runs right through it and you hop on and like eight stations later, you're in lower Manhattan and voila. Um, but like, even there's a big hill at the top and you can't even see the city from where we're at. So we're like in this little incubated spot, which is beautiful. Um, and almost all the businesses are locally owned. There's no, there's like a CVS and there was like huge protest against it. <laughs> it was, or not a CVS, a Walgreens. Like all these old ladies were sitting in the parking lot with like picket signs. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, a, this is a great old school neighborhood. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of small businesses and, and locally owned businesses. So this local couple, you know, our kids went to the school together, but I didn't really know them that well. They opened a few doors down and then it was just like, there was class every day. So I just always had a bag packed with a gi ready to go. And it, it just like took over my, my brain. And uh, a lot of it had to do, I mean, I love to exercise, always been really athletic and, and, and love to move my body. Um, so that, you know, I was already doing that, that, but it was great to like get another practice going. But when I realized like that it was this, this practice and just like dynamic problem solving and like, the food industry offers you many of those oh, problems yeah. a day. I mean, it's just like, you just never know where it's coming from. Uh, it was, it was crucial for me to, to get in there and do that. And again, the chaos of running a, an internationally performing band, is like, it, it just, it's stressful. It's crazy. And when you get to, uh, when you get to vent, but also sharpen the sword. You said he's got swords. This is the thing, man. All these yeah. martial artists. My instructor, dude's like making knives all the time. He's just sitting back there wielding knives. And like one one week he was out because he cut himself with this sword. <laughs> it just I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna stick to the unarmed combat for right now. But yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but the, I just cannot sing the praises of it enough. Um, especially right now, you know, with, with all the crunches that have been put on businesses, especially small businesses and, sure. and I mean, performance, forget about it. I mean, who, who's gotten it worse? It's like jujitsu and performance because you can't have crowded rooms and you can't have contact. <laughs> so have you been practicing at home? Like, uh... yeah. So we, you know, my wife and my daughters, uh, both trained as well. So for like the first month, it was just us. And then we slowly started to get into like, like once, you know, Brooklyn was off the chain, like so many, you know, mass, you know, mass amounts of people died and it was just spreading like wildfire here. But once things started to like peter down and everybody kind of got tested and everything, and we're like, we all had it, <laughs> you know, it was like everybody had it. Yeah. Um, we started to get together in small groups and we've maintained that. So 
there's like four little pods from the school that that continue to train and just you know just keep the sword sharp i'm not looking to get better right now i'm looking to maintain so that when things open back up at least i'm not like playing catch up you know and the same with business like the restaurant here you know we were forced to delivery only for three and a half months then it was outdoor seating only for another three months or so and then just recently they allowed 25 percent indoor dining which my small little place equates to 12 people at a time which is not it's not easy to run a restaurant that way <laughs> it's a juggling act now it really yeah. is just what's going to change today adapting and i'm sure you've seen that well i've definitely seen it a lot and of course in like the events industry where it's like you never know what's going to change so you're on your toes yeah. today it's this rule today it's that rule and you just we're rolling with the punches yeah uh, you know coming back to it it's martial arts is really it's a discipline and it it builds on itself and it compounds. So yeah. I really am interested to get back into it, especially just for the, you know, the physical exercise. And- yeah, the physical is great. You'll love that. But the mental, like, and, you, you know, when you talk about, like, added value, it's like, of course, I'm going to go train martial arts. Like, most people see it as a hook. It's like, oh, okay, I get to I get to vent. I get the physical, you know. I mean, Randori is the best thing ever. If I, like, if I don't get Randori almost daily, I'm like, something's not right, you know. Like, I really feel, like, outside of myself. But when you walk away with, like, that message, you know, especially if it's a place. Like, they emphasize the message at the school that I train at, it's like, that's always coming no matter what, you know, you're going to get the message and it might not sink in today, but like you'll carry it with you and you hear it enough. And it's like, all right. All right. And the other thing I always think about too, is just like how we used to improvise, you know, like playing music. I mean, I, I just grew to absolutely love free improv because you just never knew what was going to happen. But the goal was always just to make it, you know, the best was to like walk into a gig with guys I'd never played with before and just we're going to like improvise. And it's a show. There are people watching. And at the end, the people come up and say like, oh, that was really great. How long have you guys been playing together? And I'm like, um, <laughs> you know, it, it just it, it doesn't have to be mind blowing, you know, not like, oh, my God, that was the best thing ever. You know, just to be like you pulled it off, you know, like not like I had you fooled, <laughs> but like I fooled you. Like we we just literally entered the chaos And so between the two, between martial arts and just really like emphasizing a lot on uh, improvisational music or like I was saying earlier, um, dealing with a bunch of like singer songwriters doing their own independent music. A lot of them had never had a drummer before, you know, like that or they didn't have a recording and they would just say like, "Okay, this is my song. Help me. What what needs to go under it? And then you negotiate, you know, and martial arts is much the same way, especially when you're training jujitsu. It's like it's not always about winning. You're negotiating with somebody else's body, <laughs> you know, just like it's, it's a constant negotiation. Like, is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? And you know, there's awareness like that, that, that awareness really, it's like the big guys when you're playing, like is we do it now, no, no, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's just increasing that awareness. And that's been the lesson I think recently. It's like, you just got to have the big guys all the time. Cause you've got the government coming in saying certain things. You have people's fear or lack of <laughs> negotiating both. Like here at the restaurant, there's some people who are like, I don't think I should have to wear a mask at all. I should be able to eat inside anytime. And I have to say, well, I'm not paying a $10,000 fine. So you're going to have to, you have to take it outside right now or put it, you know, whatever towards, and then all, all the way to the other end, people are like calling me still. And I'm like, this is the first time I've even gotten takeout in six months. And they're, they're concerned, you know, and negotiating. <laughs> It's like juggling fire, man. Yeah. And the same with music when you're with new musicians or a new, just even look at like a corporate and a new work team. What everybody talks about the most is just sit back and listen. You can figure out what people's strengths are, you know, where they would collaborate best as a team and then Mm -hmm. figure out, okay, where do I fit in all this? How can I compliment these musicians, these teammates, how can we, you know, get this job done together? And that's the same with in DJing, photographer, you know, the wedding venue, the um, the bride and the groom, everybody. So uh, it's that's a neat way you put it, though. Negotiating with someone else's body, like when you're, you know, doing moves and doing martial arts, it's it's neat. 
Yeah, well, you said it. it. It's listening. You know, you really nailed it. Like as a musician, that's what you have, right? You have your ears, you have your eyes, but sometimes you get in, right? And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not looking. <laughs> I, get, <laughs> I get criticized a lot, a lot. Like, bro, you disappeared. <laughs> you were just like, oh, you start biting your lip and everything. Um, <laughs> we all know that guy. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. but it, it becomes to your ears. And, and I really like got the point correct when you were talking about like in a company, like you have to listen and negotiate. But we were always stressed uh, to to think of jujitsu as a conversation, and and nobody wants to train with a guy that's just always like, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking. Like even it, one of the the most humbling lessons is like to learn, even though you may be better, more advanced, bigger, stronger, whatever, to like give the person some opportunities, you know. And just uh, the one of my favorite ones was like think something different, see something new. Like that was said to us often while we were training in the middle, like our instructor was standing over us. That applies to absolutely everything, especially in those stressful situations. If you just always do, you know, like going back to the quote that you put up is about, you know, seeing something different, but then creating that habit, you know, like you are a product of your habit. So if you're always just doing the same thing and not getting like that great result, you, if you don't switch your habit up, you know, you're, you're always going to get the same thing, but you need that motivation to like push yourself to find that new habit. A hundred percent. And something to my like a new outlook that I've been looking at, especially in music is uh, when it comes to DJing or progressing as a musician in the next 10 years, if we look at it that way, I don't want to repeat one year of experience and growing and learning yeah. 10 times. I want every single year, every single gig to just suck out of it, everything I can and then use it on the next gig and improve constantly. And that's just, that's the goal because so many people, you know, they say, oh, I have all this experience. But if you break it down, that, that's just my greatest fear is just to say like, oh, I have 10 years of experience, but it's yeah. just repeated. And it's like, no, you need to be growing or if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, no, there's there's no, I think the, this year in particular has taught everybody like you can never be too comfortable because, you know, where I'm at, I mean, I knew people that had like, high up positions in big companies and they were comfortable. They were like, cool, I'm good. And then something like this and you're laid off and you, you like, you have no control anymore. You know, you just, you're at the mercy of somebody else. So I, I like staying on the more edgy side. One of the reasons why I chose to go in business for myself, because it's like, at least, you know, that, that the shit's coming down, right? It's like when you work for a big company, you don't get to hear all the backroom talks and they're like, oh yeah, he's really great. But if anything happened, he would be gone. And you don't know that. We're like, at least me, I get the problems every day. I, now I can anticipate them. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. And sure enough, they come in and it's not good. But at least I know. And it gives me a little preparation to like, how am I going to respond? <laughs> Do I have enough money to respond? <laughs> you know what? Like, is it better to just pay? Exactly. So are things on the up for you now again after the dip? Um, it's it's become more reliable. Like the summer was good for us uh, because we were able to seat outdoors at least. They only opened indoor dining here like three weeks ago. And that hasn't been a major boost. Most people still just want to sit outside. Um, but we got to, you know, nothing's normal anymore. It's never, I'm not, I, I just like all those, all those years of data, I just like literally closed the book and pushed it aside. Cause I used to look at it like I, in 2018, be like, well, what do we do on this day in 2017? Well, what was this month? Like, you know, I'm just like, set it aside. Cause those expectations will, will kill you. Um, we have definitely found some success. You know, we found, we found some profitability. We learned a lot of really great lessons. Um, I'm, I'm, I think the winter is going to pose a, a number of new problems and bring back some old ones. So we just have to see, you know, and just try to be resilient. But uh, I'm, I'm game. I'm up for it. It's better than sitting home all the time. That's not for me. I can't do that. I'd lose my mind. Um, so, you know, just trying to stay at it. All right. We're going to take one more break. I want to come back and I want to talk about uh, what what the scene is like in Buffalo as far as all this goes. And then like your what your goals are for the future and like. It seems to me scalability is built into what you want to do. Um, you haven't outright said it, but you, you've kind of alluded to it and like what your plans are with that. All right. So hang tight, everybody. Come back and get that good juice from my man, Michael. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back, folks. If you're just tuning in, we have Zoomed to Buffalo, New York, an area where I spent a few years of my life uh, studying music, teaching music, and it is such a pleasure to have on one of my former students. He was a teen at the time. Michael Corey is now a grown man, successful business entrepreneur, uh, cutting, cutting his own deals, really working the room. And uh, we've, we've talked about a number of things on the show today, his background in music, a musical family, studying business at the University of Buffalo as well, working in the network marketing industry and applying that to his own musical business. So I'd love to hear about now, like, what is the scene like in terms of especially nightlife in Buffalo? Because it's, it's got some, it's a city and they, they you know, got a, it was a good scene for me when I was there. It seems like it's only grown since then. What's the, what's the scene like in terms of venues, you know, restaurants going out and then like, what do we do with that information uh, going forward? Definitely. Uh, I mean, of course, since the beginning of the pandemic, you know, from March till about, goodness, with July, you know, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. And then in July began with some weddings where, you know, it was very, very restricted. And, you know, obviously the numbers were cut down a lot. Uh, So that kind of got the ball rolling again with some weddings. Um, But mostly from there, it started to transition. Things started pivoting to being outdoor tent weddings. Like everything I've been doing, you know, today I'm going, tomorrow I'm going. Everything is just pop-up tent. I'm sure Buffalo Tent Rental is just making an absolute (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, people are being as safe as they can at the events also while just being in the comfort of, you know, a family member's yard or, you know, their own backyard where they just kind of have a little bit of freedom to not be on edge while still, but yeah, people are wearing masks. Um, you know, stand whenever they stand up from the table, they have to have a mask on going to the bar, whether it's at a venue or even at like in a tent with a pop uh, bar, they're still wearing masks. So things are just pivoting. And a lot of the events are becoming hybrids where maybe half indoor, half outdoor. So now I'm using, you know, pulling my resources and having to go wireless with some things and, uh, yeah. it's just, you know, I, I've been adapting a lot for sure. As far as like the Buffalo night scene, I'm not too much into it anymore. Uh, as far as like clubs and, and, you know, going out, but it's what I've seen in the Chippewa district, Delaware Avenue, things have been back up on the, you know, the up and up the rooftop bars have still had, you know, people, everybody's sitting, they'll have a DJ, you know, just cranking music. People will be having fun, but, um, People are just a little bit more relaxed than I could tell that people are just genuinely happy to be out. Yeah. 
So, and one thing I've been keeping in mind, especially at weddings is a lot of these people haven't really been out for any special occasion, you know, since this thing happened. So I always try to take that into consideration to be, you know, courteous to that too. Well, you mentioned earlier, you know, from the production level, you're like, I got to listen to photographer and this guy and that guy, but like also the, you know, the who's paying you <laughs> and like really honoring their, uh, you know, all, all their, their needs uh, and, and, and desires. Um, are they, are they allowing people inside at venues? Are so, like, if it's just like a, like a venue and not a restaurant? Well, venues, the rule as of right now is 50 people. Okay. So people had to absolutely scale their guest lists down from like 300 to, yeah. to 50. So in a lot of the venues that are like similarly hybrid where they can put maybe 20 people inside another 20, 30 people right outside under a tent with some portable heaters, yeah. Those are the ones that are, are doing the best because they're mm. they're not operating in the gray area, yeah, and uh, putting people you know in a, in a bad spot or the health department you know becoming a, a target. So everybody's sure. been a little bit you know on edge with it as far as uh, you know those those venues go. But yeah, it's been interesting. It's been a really interesting year. Sure. I mean, you're, I love that you're smiling though. You're like every time you said we had to pivot, and you were like. Like it was fun, <laughs> you know. I love the challenge, and yeah. when a bride and groom call me and they're, they're, you know, they're nervous and everything, I almost I see that as a, a genuine opportunity to just be like, look, you know, I've seen enough of these where I know mm -hmm. how it's gonna go. I'm gonna do everything I can to help you and uh, make sure everybody's safe, but I'm still gonna give you an amazing day, yeah. and you're not gonna have to worry about anything. You know, leave all the official announcing and the flow of the night to me, and uh, it's still gonna be a good time. It's not gonna be a lame party. You know, people yeah. just have to, you know, people have to sit in their chairs sometimes. And I have to get them to interact from the chair because they yeah. can't stand up and dance. So right. but it's been such a challenge for me, allowing me to grow. And in that, I know that when things open up, all that um, momentum that I have from dealing with these problems is going to compound. And it's just really going to help me to, you know, stand out at that next level, as opposed to just saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to work my job for now. Wait for this thing to go over. It's like, no, I'm going to use every opportunity to grow and become all that I can. That's amazing. So great to hear you say that. Um, so what, what is, what is your, your, uh, hypothesis, your, your dreams, your goals for like when things open back up, what do you really, where do you want to take this? My idea is within the very near future, like short range goal, get this to where I can go full time on my own, just Michael Corey, you know, I can literally, I am a business mentality where this is a full-time job for me, it's a full-time income. Then from there, long-range goal would be to own something like, you know, a big company too that has many DJs and services, right. you know, under it. But first, you know, one step at a time. And like we talked about, being realistic, being positive, and uh, just working, building on what works. And where I see myself right now is just focusing on me because there's only so many things I can control. And uh, if I focus on me and just slowly build that brick by brick, build the house up, uh, it'll uh, it'll be a solid foundation. So, uh, do, do you see? I assumed you would want that, just like from talking to you, that you'd want to have like DJs under you. You're you're cutting deals, maybe still working some events, but like really like pulling it all together. Do you see um, digital services being a part of 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 that that long term plan? Do you mean like video conferencing grandma and grandpa into the ceremony? Or? Who, yeah, whatever. Like however it would show up, there's there's so many ways. I mean, it could be you could be like giving DJ instruction. You know, I'm just trying to think of all the different ways you could utilize like and the, the real scalable the scalable little little the scalable aspects of of that business. Is that I mean, because you're getting you're you're heavily in you know getting entrenched in media now. Like, is there is there a thought on on roping that in and, and making that a, also a source of revenue? One hundred percent. Absolutely. Something that I would use too to provide value is like to basically review equipment. So for the DJ industry, review yeah. all that equipment. For brides and grooms, review the holistic uh, approach of their entire day, how things are going to go. And um, just become like that kind of one-stop shop for, you know, the wedding and event industry. Yeah, yeah. But you, like you said, using media is... You know, I, I always kind of downplayed it because I just focused on the music. I'm like, I'm just, you know, same, I'm, same. Like, all I, I want to do is rock out and go do my job and then just relax after. And then just in the last five years, I just had a pivot where I'm like, no, there's so much yeah. more that can tap in. 
Yeah, same. You know, I, after all this time, work, you know, focusing so much on the content, whether it was like an album or music for a show or the food, you know, because I got into food and beverage because I love it. I love to make like an amazing drink, an amazing dish. I want to share that. I want everybody to be like, oh, well, this is awesome, you know? And then I realized at a certain point, like you can make the most fascinating thing in the world, but if you have no reach, <laughs> if you have no, I was like, oh man. And then, you know, at first I didn't really know. I remember when, like when I first got into social media and like posts and the copy and everything, I was like, someone came to our wine store and they were like, who does your photography? And I was like, oh, me. And they were like, it sucks. And I was like, God. <laughs> and then it was like, all right, time to step this up. But I love, I love photography too. And I didn't realize that until I started to take it serious. I was like, man, I really enjoy this. And so it was a hard lesson to learn. But then at a certain point, it was just like, this is all super fascinating. So we're going to have to wrap it up. Where can people find out information about you or get in contact with you if they, if they would so choose? Absolutely. Yeah. As of right now, um, Instagram, mccorey 91 uh, and I maybe I'll type it out because my last name's Lebanese. It's a little bit hard to spell. But uh, M-C-K-H-O-U-R-Y and then 91 is my handle on Instagram. And then Facebook is Mike.Corey2. And, of course, very soon I'll have my site up and running and wedding wire and the knot and all that. Nice. As well, just for me personally. Uh, and, keep you know, of course, I keep all my relationships, too, with all the companies I work with. But just for me, it's like we talk about, like Gary Vee talks about, Grant Cardone, all the greats building that personal brand because at the end of the day, you are all you can rely on. Yep. 100%. But um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to see you. Like I said, this has been surreal. Like we haven't spoken and just to see you like go from that and hear you say some of the things you're saying today. Like I I can't tell you how awesome it is. So your lessons still, I me and Alex talk about it. I said it in the beginning. I'll say it again. The grooves that, we learn together for will forever just stay in my soul and they they transfer to every gig i do i just always have that as a musician and nice. you, friend and thank you so much for having me on i appreciate hey, it my pleasure we'll catch back up soon okay you got it all right everybody have a great weekend we'll see you next friday peace out Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. 
On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.